Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through 1 Peter right now. We took a break over the last few days to read the Christmas story together from a couple of different angles. We read the Christmas Eve story and then Christmas story and then this kind of cosmic Christmas story that set it all in this biblical theological context. Today we're back to 1 Peter and we're going to pick up in 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3 over the next couple of days. Uh, so let me read that for us, and then I'll pray and offer a few thoughts as we get started. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this letter that Peter wrote and how it strengthened his people and how it strengthens us. And we ask that you would guide us by your spirit, that I might preach and, and teach right now in his power, that we all might hear with ears strengthened by him. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. I realize that I do that often. I say I'm going to read it and then pray and then do the exact opposite. So let's read the text now. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So there's uh, some context here that we need to recall. It's been a few days since we've looked at 1 Peter. Uh, remember, he has told them, he's been kind of dealing with the Christian life and, and what it means to walk in the truth. So if we go back up to verse 22 of chapter 1, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God, for all flesh is like grass. And he goes on to remind them of the, the reality of the new birth. The reality that if they have been born again, that it's something that has happened of imperishable seed and it won't, it, it won't fade, it won't die. They, they don't get unborn again. We don't get unreborn. And so as we look at this, uh, Peter is continuing to build on this idea. In the second verse, he offers the next imperative. Like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk. But in the first verse, he sets up what is really, I think, a fairly interesting contrast. It begins with this uh, particle, so, or therefore, in the Greek, where, where he's saying, because of what I've just said, because I've just told you to love one another earnestly from a pure heart, because you've been born again, because of these things, there, here's a result of that reality. How do we love one another? What does that look like? He's, he's kind of building these ideas one on top of the other. And he sets up this contrast in verses 1 and 2. Therefore, and it's written in the English, in the ESV, as an imperative, put away all malice. Uh, it, it's, an, it's a participle in the Greek. I, I think it's probably better translated as setting up what it looks like too long for pure spiritual milk. So I would translate it this way. Therefore, putting away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk. What he's doing is, is he's kind of setting up this contrast that you can either hang on to these realities of the malice that we harbor, the deceit we harbor, the, the hypocrisy and envy and slander that we harbor, or you can long for pure spiritual milk. 
the reality is that those are, are kind of at odds with each other. And I think that's what Peter's driving at here. And so the question for us to consider is how is it that these are uh, at odds with each other exactly? Why does he set it up in this way? And we're going to look at this today, and we're going to look at the, the imperative tomorrow. So today we're just thinking about the, the ways that malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander, the way these kind of throw a wrench in our plan, in the imperative to love one another, and what it is that drives us to love one another. So, he, as I've already said, he's given this imperative, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Therefore putting away all malice. Because we've been born again, because we've been born of imperishable seed, this is what we should do. Put away malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Now, some of these are more general words. The, the word for malice is, is, is a much more general word that just simply means evil or, or, or you know, bad stuff. Bad, you know, it, it's a general word for evil. It's the word uh, kakas, evil or, or trouble, malice. Put, put that away. And, but then all the rest of the words, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, they, they get kind of, in, in some ways, increasingly specific. But notice that they're all relational words. They're all necessarily involve other people. You, you can't. I guess you can deceive yourself, but that's not typically how we think of the word deceit. It, it's that, that we're lying to the people around us. Envy has to do with, with you know, wanting what these other people have. Hypocrisy is, you know, th this reality of saying one thing and doing another, being two-faced, proclaiming one thing, but to, to the people so that they think one way about you, but then you're actually going a different way. And all uh, evil speech, all slander, right? That, that obviously has to do with how we're talking about one another. And, and so as he commands in verse 22, love one another earnestly, he now begins to, to help us understand how we do that. We can't love one another earnestly if we're treating each other these ways. If we're troubling one another, if we're, if we're evil towards one another, if we're malicious towards one another. We can't love one another earnestly if we're deceitful. If we're not people of truth, but if we're, if we're lying and, and, and bending the truth in order to manipulate situations, we can't love one another that way. Honesty and, 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 and truthfulness and how we think about each other and what we, what we say and, and how we conduct ourselves with one another, it's, it's absolutely mandatory. Hypocrisy. If we're walking around two-faced, there's only so deep that our relationships can go because we have to protect the image. We have to protect the, 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 the farce that we have going. Envy. If my time with you is, and my thoughts about you are taken up with wanting the things that God has blessed you with, that's inevitably going to harbor bitterness in my heart. I'm not going to be able to rejoice with you as I'm told to. And, and when you're 
struggling and when you're going through pain, I'm not going to be able to weep with you because I'm going to be frustrated that you have these great things that I want. And then when you suffer, I'm going to be bitter and be like, ah, yeah, see, now you know what it feels like. Take that. Slander is obvious how that destroys relationships. We go about talking to other people, saying horrible things about each other to other people, spreading rumors, gossiping, you know, and, and all of these destroy the work of Christ within the body of Christ. All of these are the opposite of loving one another earnestly. And that's what Peter wants them to understand. Now, why does this matter for a group of people that is suffering? Well, that should be obvious for us. When we suffer, our flesh is provoked. It's just the way it is. Our flesh is naturally self-protective. Our flesh naturally wants to, to take care of itself. And so when we suffer, our flesh is going to be provoked. And one of the most natural things that provoked flesh does is start trying to destroy the things around it so that it feels better. If, if everybody else is suffering, if everybody else's life is horrible, and if, if I can get everybody else feeling bad, well then, relatively, I can feel better about me. We see this happen with people all the time. We've probably done it ourselves, where, where we see people going through some difficult time, and rather than reach out for help or, or even accept the help that is being offered, rather than, than accept the love that is being extended, they just become angry or, or, or cranky or, or, or bitter towards the people around them. And they destroy the people around them that, that are trying to love them and trying to care for them. Because they're not putting these things off and they're letting their provoked flesh lead them in how they interact with the people around them. When we suffer, our flesh gets provoked. And because our flesh is naturally self-protective, Peter knows we've got to be ready to put it to bed when we see that happening. So he writes to these suffering Christians to remind them of this. To remind them that, hey, this is going to be a natural response. Your flesh is going to to be provoked and self-protective. And so you've got to put these things away. The word that he uses for put away, putting away all these things is, is the word for undressing. Take that off. Just like you would take off a shirt that was dirty and, and needed to be replaced. That, that's the same word that he's, that's used here. And it's used a number of times in the same way throughout the New Testament. Paul uses it this way in Colossians 3, but now you must put them all away. Same word, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. In, the, in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, in that well-known passage in chapter 12, uses the same language. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. As Christians, we're called to undress ourselves from our sinful ways. And that's possible because we have the Spirit of Christ living in us. The Spirit of Christ, who we just were told, was able to do this. He endured the cross. He despised its shame. And we're to look to him who did those things joyfully. So, we'll get to the next part tomorrow. But today, that's the call, that that the Christian life is undressing ourselves from this flesh that is so self-protective and so easily provoked in suffering. What we're going to be told is to long for the gospel. We'll look at that tomorrow. May Christ be with you.